You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Today, we're going to ask the questions, are the cases in the United States spiking as we're being told in the mainstream media? Should we continue to fund the WHO? Should we even stay in it? Or should we withdraw from the entire organization and have them thrown out of the country? Is it constitutional for the government to mandate a vaccine onto you? And when I say mandate, we mean forcibly vaccinate you against your will. We're going to talk about that. And impeachment round two. The House Democrats are now looking to re-impeach the president of the United States under, quote, new evidence that they've found from the Mueller report referencing ties to the Russia collusion hoax. So let's get right into it. What's on your plate first and foremost, because I've got a lot of things I want to cover today, but I'm going to ask you, where would you like to start? Right now, I think the main thing that's really kind of grinding my gears, so to speak, is uh, the media. Go figure. That's kind of what grinds my gears most of the time anyway. But specifically, it's about the narratives that they're pushing, the lies, the uh, misdirection. Let me give you an example. Texas, North Carolina, and Arizona are seeing rising cases as they reopen. Uh Now that this is accurate, but also misleading. Okay. What they're saying is, yes, the number of cases are going up. But what they fail to tell you in the beginning of the article, they don't do it until the end of the article or towards the end of the article. They talk about these states have doubled, quadrupled, you know, exponentially increased their testing, which means, yes, you're going to have more people show show positive results, right? The catch is the percentages of people being tested versus the number of people showing positive has not changed nor has the death numbers changed. In other words, the same amount of people have died from COVID-19. So in other words, the mortality rate is decreasing. The more people they test, the more people they uh, find that are positive, the numbers are changing, right? So although it is accurate, the article is saying because they're reopening, or they don't directly say it, they allude to it in multiple different ways saying, well, these Republican governors, which they had to specify, by the way, uh, decided we're going to open these states and they don't really mention or or pick bones with North Carolina because that's a Democrat governor, by the way. Anyway, they start pushing that Arizona and Texas because those two are Republican states and they're opening. Those states are seeing huge increases of numbers. Texas has seen an increase of 1,800 uh, new cases. And the governors have said, yeah, this was expected. We increased the numbers of tests and I, I don't I don't know. It just the the mis the misleading and and it's just the manipulation of this information is is really starting to grate me. It annoyed me to begin with, but it's just it's getting infuriating now. And it, it's just well, people a, don't understand that or see it or yeah, we're we're at the beginning of well, not really the beginning. It's it's ongoing. It's always ongoing. But we're seeing now a massive push of a disinformation campaign, aren't we? 
That's precisely yeah, what it is. We are, yeah. And China is at the, when I say China, I'm talking about the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. They are at the beating heart of that massive disinformation campaign. You know, I, it's funny you you mentioned this because I was just thinking today as I was going about my day doing my th- doing my thing, uh, and I want to talk about that here in just a second. But since you got on to this point, let's let's just talk about this. Did you know all the uh, after all this was started? Do you know all the major media organizations, American media organizations that were thrown out of Beijing? When all this started, you know, the New York Times was thrown mm-hmm. out. The Washington Post mm-hmm. was thrown out, you know, all, all that stuff. They were thrown out mm-hmm. of Beijing. They had to leave. Do you know who's still there? Mm, no. Which one? CNN is still there. Oh, now, Communist News Network. Gotcha. Yeah. Why are they still there? OK, I'm just going to let that one sink in real good. OK, why are they still there? And as a matter of fact, as we were skimming through some stuff here about, you know, with some of this stuff with the um the virus stuff. We, we were skimming through some stuff here. And Yahoo is another one, right? This is another one that's on board with all this disinformation stuff. They're covering something involving Bill Gates, right? Well, we've talked about Bill Gates here before, and everybody knows mm-hmm. that his involvement in all this, he's he's big into the vaccine game. And that's where his his um, foundation is, is pushing, and, and that's what they're doing. So they've come out today, and they've said that Bill Gates is now the boogeyman of the virus conspiracy theorists. Well, <laughs> I don't I really don't even know what to say to that, because he's been at the forefront of this thing since it started. The vaccines have been pushed. Fauci's been pushing vaccines since day one. What was it that he said when Fauci came out on the stages in the first press conferences that Trump was having? Fauci said specifically, and I quote, the ultimate game changer here is going to be a vaccine. Now, why would he say that knowing that there's a 12 to 18 month window? Why would he say that? Because Fauci sits on the leadership council of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And who pushes vaccines? This is not some conspiracy theorist, okay? This is a matter of public record. People can go and look this up. But see, they push nonsense like this. They push these these lies in these organizations, these media outlets like this, hoping that you'll just see the sensational headline, and that's the be-all, end-all, and you're not going to take the time to go and look it up. That's what everything's based on. So here again, we see it. You were talking about the states reopening, saying that there's a, a surge in cases, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia and Tennessee, two states that are open, fully open, kicked the door open, got back to it, everything. What's happening in those states, contrary to what you're hearing? The cases are going down. They're not going up. You know, I was out today and I saw uh, ice over here. They have these things that are called ice cafes. I love them. Uh, but essentially translated into English, they're ice cream cafes. You go to these places, you sit down outside. It's a nice sidewalk cafe atmosphere and you can order up an ice cream. You can order up, I, I don't know, some waffles or a coffee or, or whatever it is you want. And you can sit there and you can enjoy yourself. Right. That's just the atmosphere. It's a European style. You got the sidewalk cafe stuff. But I went through town today and it was amazing what I saw. It was robust. It was full of life. There were people out everywhere, up and down the streets. The shops were open. People were sitting. I mean, the the ice cream cafes were slammed full of people because it was a gorgeous day. And people were out there. No social distancing. They were talking, having conversations, laughing, carrying on. No masks. Nothing. People are just ignoring it. They're starting to ignore it because they want to get back to life as normal. And I thought this was I mean, it was just it was really refreshing to see this. Because, I mean, you know how much I've been yelling here the last couple of days, the last three or four days about all this social distancing and this mask wearing and this this dog training. Right. That's essentially what it is, because let's let's face it. Right. This is not about this is not about public health at this point. This is about control. This is about psychological control to get you to conform to what they want you to do. And I'm talking about governments. So 
you have a massive disinformation campaign, which to me doesn't seem like it's doing much good. Not from what I saw today, which is uh, it was a breath of fresh air to, to see that, so to speak, because you, you know breath of fresh air mask. Yeah. But more to the point, there was a case in New Jersey I want to reference here. Now, we've all heard about New Jersey, right? We said on the morning show a couple of days ago about the beach passes, what they're doing, what the state's doing to try and keep people off the beaches, you know, the $25 mm-hmm. for the for the beach pass. Mm-hmm. And the governor's come out and said, well, they, we weren't thinking about the Bill of Rights when we were writing the executive order. Excuse me, Mr. Governor, you're, you're an elected official that swears an oath to that document to uphold it against all enemies, foreign and domestic, which includes yourself, by the way. Mm-hmm. So to, all, to any person that swears an allegiance to that. So he comes out and he's, he says that the businesses are going to be closed and we're going to have the police enforce this. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you an example. Man who owns a gym in New Jersey, in Belmar, New Jersey, he opens up, he advertises on on Facebook that he's going to open up. The New Jersey, well, the the Belmar police said, don't open or we're going to uh, come down there. We're going to arrest you. We're going to disperse the crowd. Don't do it. So the the state order is still there to keep things shut down. So he's in defiance of that order. So the Belmar police showed up to speak with the owner of the gym that morning. There was a crowd. I'll bet you there was 100 people out there, maybe 150 people. And so they show up, you know, a crowd of officers shows up. And I just want you to hear, I want you to hear what happened, right? It was, it was caught on video. I want you to hear what happened outside of that gym, right? Just listen to this. Now, mind you, the police were ordered to go down there and to arrest the owner and to disperse the crowd in violation of the governor's executive order to keep businesses shut. So I want you to hear this. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. It's the best. Formally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. think I have to say any words to say exactly what needs to be done here. This is precisely what what needs to happen. The police officers, the good men and women in those uniforms. And I know that, look, we've talked here about the the excessive force used by certain police officers around the country. And, you know, you're going to have cops like that everywhere. Right. It's going to happen. So I'm not I'm not criticizing all police officers. Look, I've worked with the good men and women in those uniforms. And I'm telling you that there's nobody there's nobody more dedicated to serving the Constitution and serving the people of the United States than the men and women in uniform over there, I can assure you. It is their responsibility. It is their duty as men and women that wear that uniform, that hold that Constitution dear, to refuse these unconstitutional and illegal orders that are handed down by these governors. This is what's going to stop this, is you're going to have good police officers like what you just heard there stand up and say, to hell with your orders, Mr. Governor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Police Chief, whoever you are. We need to stop voting for these people and start arresting these people. You want to stop this problem? You want to end these shutdowns? We know who has to be arrested here. So it's time to do what needs to be done. We cannot move forward as a society until these people that are keeping the boot on society are thrown out of office. That's all there is to it. What are your thoughts? Uh, Right off the bat, good on the officers for doing that. Honestly, that's what I expect from them. 
ideally that's what I expect of them. Hopefully don't they don't lose their job over this. As I know some officers are being threatened basically with their job if they don't Yeah, and clearly comply. You see who the, Yeah, you see who the problem is. You you see where the problem is with this. Mhm. Like it's not it, it's not the officer. It, it's not the officer. You had the officer out in in, in Washington that says he's not going to do any of this. He's just not going to do it. And so you, you've got these people in these offices, these governor's offices, these mayor offices, these administrative offices of these police departments. Here's your problem. Like, th- this is the real problem here. Now, we can go a step further with it and we can say that we're arguing amongst ourselves. And to be fair, this is exactly what the Chinese Communist Party want, isn't it? That's what they want. Mm-hmm. They want people fighting amongst yeah. themselves. So while we're busy doing that, they don't have to get the blame anymore. But we don't need to forget where this came from in the first place that's gotten us into this mess. OK, it came from Beijing, the Chinese Communist Party. That is the problem here. That's the underlying issue that nobody in the mainstream media wants to talk about. Now, the police officers, the mayors, the governors, whatever. Right. That is a problem. We can deal with that. Right. We can sort that out. But the bigger problem, as soon as that is sorted out, remains. Right. And we're going to have to deal with that. Now, there is a there is a, a movement on, shall we say, you've got a hundred and what was it? We, what was it? Marty said yesterday, you've got one hundred and fifty one countries that are uh, looking to investigate China for what they've done. And now China's come out and said that they're going to offer. Get this. This is too rich. They're going to offer two billion dollars over two years. Plus, they're going to share a vaccine with the world when they come up with it. Oh, oh isn't that rich? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, you, you couldn't make that kind of stuff up. So Trump today, this morning, he said that he demands WHO reform. We've talked at length here about the WHO, what they represent, how the Chinese Communist Party have pretty much come in and bought them. Right. The WHO, for those that don't know, if you're a new listener, that is the medical wing of the United Nations. OK, so what did Trump do? A number of Weeks ago, he cut off the funding to the WHO from the United States. Rightfully so. Long overdue, right? We shouldn't be giving them any money. What do they do? They don't do anything. They're a henchman. They're a water carrier. They're a junkyard dog for the Chinese Communist Party. That's what they are. And pretty much that's what the UN's turned into. But that's another issue. Trump has threatened to make that funding pause permanent. He says that he wants a commitment to substantive improvements to the World Health Organization in the next month, or he will make his temporary pause on funding to the group permanent. So I think it's time. I mean, we shouldn't be giving him any money anyway. I don't know why we are. I don't know why we're continuing to fund the United Nations. This is an old, outdated organization. So I, I mean, if we're going to if we're going to pull out from it, so be well, OK, if we're going to defund it, so be it. And I say we're I kind of jumped the gun there. But when I say we're going to pull out from it, OK, three hours ago, Trump has now come out and said, OK, we might just leave the WHO. OK, so why should we stay in there? If you've got the WHO taking the side and, and championing the same lines as the Chinese Communist Party, then why would we continue to be a part of it? They just got a seat. The Chinese did. They just got a seat on the UN Human Rights Council. They've got three million people that we know of in prison camps. So <laughs> even the... Um, What's the what's the uh, the the Chinese Muslims Uyghurs? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. They've got them in prison camps for being for, for practicing that particular faith, right? <laughs> I mean, Christians are are crucified there. Falun Gong, you know, the Tibetan monk, the Tibetan Buddhists. These are all politically persecuted groups. The the ones that practice Falun Gong, the, the Tibetan monks, they're classified in China as a terrorist organization. So 
if these people are given seats on the Human Rights Council, the UN Human Rights Councils, why are we even entertaining this? I said it last week. They put that organization in the United States after the Second World War so people would take it seriously. Well, guess what? We don't need it in the United States anymore because it's been taken over by other things, such as China. They've taken it over. So how about you padlock that building, you revoke their diplomatic status, and you have them expelled from the country. Let them go over to Beijing where they belong. Let them carry that that narrative over there and then see how many people around the world take them seriously. Because I don't think we need to be doing this anymore. I've been against the United Nations for a long time. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm against world leaders getting together in a forum to talk. That has to happen. But the mere fact that we're being lectured to from on high by these hypocrites, by these pieces of trash, this human trash that wants to sit there and lord over people and tell you about how to speak, how to live, how to take care of your health, what countries need to be doing to ensure that they have a healthy populace when they don't care about public health. They care about a control agenda. That's what they peddle. And so it's time for the United States. It's time for Western countries to leave it. It's long overdue. Hmm. Well said. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm for getting out. I seriously hope the WHO calls the president's bluff and I hope he sticks to his guns and we do just, just get out of it. Um, don't just stop funding. Let's, let's just be, let's just be done with it. Uh, as you said, uh, I, I would add another thing with the, the China situation being on the, uh, the council there, they are guilty of about a million or so uh, that we know of organ harvesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, these groups that they're against uh, that we that we mentioned the the Muslim groups, Christians, all them. They round them up, put them in the camps, and uh, you know you, you're you're destined for prison for I don't know five six years, and then uh, oh look at that. We need your organs because you're the right blood type, and then they uh, they go on and a life go, sentence. They go to party members too, and yeah, and they they get put onto a life sentence, and they sit there on a life sentence instead of being executed like it's you know it is there when you get a life sentence. They basically they just sit around and wait until someone needs their organs, then they harvest their organs. It uh, no it, human rights, nah, nah. <laughs> Speaking of human rights, you've got something on uh, Mr. Dershowitz, don't you? I do. Yes. You want to talk about In a rights, nutshell. right? He'll, he'll give you constitutional rights just as he <laughs> the way he puts it. He will give you constitutional rights. So what, what do you have? So this is his argument. And oof, this is so dangerous. And this is very dangerous. The, the line he's taking. This is a quote. Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and to spread disease. Even if you disagree, you have no right to not to be vaccinated. You have no right to uh, not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. He was also asked, the interviewer asked, if the government decides you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated. And Dershowitz replied, absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. Uh, excuse me? He the, he was asked by the interviewer, where is that in the Constitution? So he basically says, Dershowitz basically says, if you're threatened with a disease that is deadly but not contagious, then you can refuse treatment. But you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a contagious disease. Public health 
the police power of the Constitution gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States Supreme Court. Does he reference any? That's what I'm looking to see real quick. Which, I mean, if, uh, if he does, so be it. You know, we can pull the cases. Yeah, he doesn't specifically mention it. He just says case after case after case in which the public health permits reasonable actions to prevent the spread of communicable diseases. Uh, is, is the thing he quotes there. It, it doesn't actually go over case names or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he also points out, basically, he brings up the the 10th Amendment in this, right? And says uh, the 10th Amendment is one of the places where the Constitution has the power to to invoke such things. So allow me to quickly go over the 10th Amendment for you. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, uh, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote, now I emphasize promote, the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. That's that's kind of the you know beginning there, the preamble to it. Uh-huh. Okay, now I emphasized the promote there specifically because... That doesn't give you the power to promote it, it, it. Promoting would be like establishing, uh, I don't know, tax cuts for, let's say, medical facilities or something, research organizations to create vaccines or something like that. You you create a system to encourage welfare of the, the general populace. It does not give you the power to mandate you have to take a vaccine. So I, I don't know where his argument there is uh, on that one. So... This guy's supposed to be a constitutional scholar. Yeah. And and he comes out and he makes a statement like this. So I'm not. What what rights? What right does the government have over your body? Right. We've been lectured. And I'm going to use the uh, the abortion argument here. And Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not Mm -hmm. taking I'm not taking a side on this because I'm not going to get into that can of worms right now. We'll do that at some point, but not now. My argument to this is the talking point that they throw in your face all day. So they yell at people all day long about it's their choice. Right. That's their choice. It's a woman's right to choose. It's your body, your choice, right? That's what we get mm-hmm. beat over the head mm-hmm. with all day, every day. Okay. Now, where is he on this? If he's taking that stance, why can we not take the same stance on this? My body, my choice. It doesn't say anything in the Constitution about I have to go out and get a needle plunged in my arm. I tell you, I- I'm not. I'm not advocating for anything here. I'm just stating a fact. Americans have that streak in them. And if you do something like that, if you want to see a civil war, that's what will start it. I, I honestly, I don't have a rebuttal to that because that is exactly what's going to end up happening. And I'm I'm legitimately concerned if, if the government decides we're going to use the military or some other you know police force, whatever, to go around and, and knock on people's door and mandate they get the vaccine that, by the way, usually takes at least 18 months to develop. And then it goes through clinical trials and all kinds of stuff to ensure that it's safe. Uh, We're cutting all those safety measures off and saying we have to have a vaccine now. And you want to inject me with something that, number one, we have CRISPR tech, which I've I've talked about briefly. Basically, that allows them to modify your, your genetic code. And your research has shown that your personality, your, let's say, um, compliance is majority of it's genetic, not learned. So with that in mind, could they come around and say, oh, we, you know, quietly put a CRISPR in there to modify your your personality or your, I mean, maybe not this time, but down the road when the technology becomes more, you know, adept. We, we just now tested it on eyes back in December. 
and we we haven't had the results. I haven't heard anything on the results because of the whole pandemic. But my point is, if they do this and mandate it, people will resist. I'm concerned that that will trigger a kinetic civil war. And I, I, I do not want to see that. You mentioned there about skipping clinical trials and then mandating it, having the military mandated or, or whatever. On top of everything, you're, you're looking at risk because you're skipping the trials, you're skipping over things, right? That's very important. You're looking at a, at a high level of risk because you don't know what it's going to do to certain people because everyone's physiological makeup is different. I know that's an inconvenience for a lot of these fools like Dr. Fauci. I understand that's difficult for people like him because he has no common sense. He might have book smarts. He might be a good academic. But when it comes to common sense, it seems like the man has none. Another thing you need to consider on this is the length of time that a vaccine is going to keep you immune, which is not very long. So what? You're going to mandate this every three to six months? Oh, Bill Gates would love to do that. He would love to have that. Something ready to sell you every three to six months and charge you a premium for it. So I will say this and I will say this one time and I'll say this very clearly. I will not take a vaccine for this or for anything else. Never. Do you understand? Never. So people need to get wise. Yeah, not when it's mandated. Well, mandated or not, even if it's my choice, I choose. No, I choose not to. That's my choice. And that's how it's going to be. I'll fight you to the end on that one. I think the majority of Americans feel the same way or a a good portion of them. And like I said, that's that's concerning because it'll um, it's not going to be pretty. Okay. well, Dershowitz. Yeah. Take a hike, pal. I don't like you. See you later. Um, okay, Michael Flynn, right? This just broke. This is interesting. Michael Flynn asks appeals court to intervene against judge halting DOJ dismissal. Was he bringing charges? I'm not sure what the deal with the DOJ thing is. Uh, it says here, lawyers for retired General Michael Flynn asked appeals court on Tuesday to intervene against the lower court judge. I'm sure I know where that appointment came from, who delayed the Justice Department's efforts to dismiss its criminal case against the former Trump national security advisor. Oh, so they demi- they dismissed his case. Yes. Yeah. They, okay. they the lower judge was was throwing it out, which mm-hmm. we know we probably know who appointed that judge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Does it tell you which judge it is? Um or district or any of that kind of stuff? Uh Judge Emmett Sullivan. Yes. I've heard that name. This is we played that we played that clip of Trump uh last week talking about a former officials in the Obama administration attempting to overthrow a duly elected president of the United States and how he was talking about how they were human scum and they tried to get Flynn to lie and he didn't do it. And so now, now that Flynn's been cleared of everything, now he's coming back on these people. And you notice that all Obama's starting to shake a little bit. He's, he's starting to get a little squeamish. He's starting to get nervous because he's caught. I mean, he's dead to rights. The testimony has been released over the Russiagate thing, right? So we've we've seen that. Mm. By the way, this guy's establishment. Of course he is. I, I would expect nothing. Um, let's see here. His first appointment was Reagan. It looks like, and then it was George H. W. So George Senior, Bush Senior, and then uh, Bill Clinton. So this guy's been in there a long time. Yeah, because I'm sorry, but. Some of the stuff that Obama did and his cabinet, the freaking FBI, DOJ, all them, the stuff that they did is criminal. You cannot spy on an American citizen like like they were 
without the proper warrants. And you see the you see the media that they're coming out and getting on getting on board with this, trying to already throw the cover stories up. CNN saying why you shouldn't buy Trump's branding for his Obama conspiracy theory. This is not a conspiracy theory. I can assure you this is not a conspiracy theory. The testimony for the Russia Gate trial essentially is what it was. It's been released. It's been declassified. It's out there. There was nothing there. But they went ahead with it and they named names of who started it, why it started, who ginned it up. And it was Obama. He's guilty as charged. And it's going to it's going to come out. It's going to come out. It's going to go mainstream. But the media, of course, they're going to do everything they can do to possibly get rid of it. But we'll cover that in more detail down the line. We're going to go pull the documents uh, and we're going to quote this on air. Uh, and we'll go that way with it because I don't want to get too far into it right now, because right now it's just a uh, it's a pushing game. Right. It's, it, they're shoving each other back and forth. And you see Obama now starting to come out in light because he's nervous. He's nervous. And rightfully so. He should be. So we'll uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But you, you see what he's doing now. He's doing everything to try and push back and make sure all oh, this is all Trump's fault. The horrible way you've handled this pandemic. And now he's got all these conspiracy theories and he's concerned about the rule of law. If he was concerned about the rule of law, then he wouldn't have broken it. Give me the concern of law. He was a constitutional lawyer, right? Or am I wrong? He championed that in 08, right? To Obama? Yep. Uh, I mean, I didn't know he was a constitutional lawyer. I knew he was an activist. Let me see if I, let me see if I can pull the clip. But saying you're a constitutional lawyer doesn't really mean a whole lot. You could be a constitutional lawyer and still be on the left. That's true. He actually said it on the uh, he said it on the campaign trail of his first. Here it is right here. Do you promise not to use presidential signage to get your way? Yes. Let me just explain for those who are unfamiliar with this issue. Uh, you know, we've got a, a, a government designed by the founders so that there'd be checks and balances. You don't want a president who's too powerful or a Congress who's too powerful or a court who's too powerful. Everybody's got their own role. Congress's job is to pass legislation. The president can veto it or he can sign it. But what George Bush has been trying to do as part of his effort to accumulate more power in the presidency is he's been saying, well, I can basically change what Congress passed by attaching a letter saying, I don't agree with this part or I don't agree with that part. I'm going to choose to interpret it this way or that way. Uh, that's not part of his power. But this is part of the whole theory of George Bush that he can make laws as he's going along. Uh, I disagree with that. I taught the Constitution for 10 years. I believe in the Constitution and I will obey the Constitution of the United States. We're not going to use signing statements as a way of doing an end run around Congress. All right? Hmm. My, my stomach still cringes when I hear him uh-huh. speak. Uh-huh. Okay, so he taught the Constitution for 10 years. He believes in the Constitution, and he's, he wasn't going to do any signing statements. How many signing statements did he do? Can you pull a that lot. real quick? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot. We know it was a lot. Can you pull me an exact number of how many signing statements he did? Right, that was Obama on his first campaign trail when he ran the first time. Actually, it only says he did 37. That's 37 more than he said he was going to do, right? That is 37 more than he promised. But still, my, my point. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, well, I, I think Trump's done just as many, if not more. Uh, yeah, I think but, Trump's done a lot more. But he's but, he's getting rid of a lot of the policies that were enacted by him. Right. But see, here, my, here to the point, right, this is the point I'm trying to make is you talk about sidestepping the Constitution. Here's a guy that says that he taught it for 10 years and he understands it and he believes in it. And then he trashes it. 
I mean, all right, I'm not going to get into onto a big Obama bashing. You, you have any final thoughts on on that? Well, I mean, we'll come back to it sooner or later as this as this comes out because this is going to be probably the October surprise if I'm guessing here. Do you have any final thoughts on the Obama thing? Sure, real quick. Uh, I decided. Hey, why don't why don't I pull up some of these bills that he passed, right, or these uh, laws that were uh, instituted that he signed, right? Um, so far, the ones that I have pulled up have been over four hundred pages long each. So, though he only did a few, uh, I'm still pulling them up. Uh, some of them are a little bit smaller, forty pages there, a hundred pages there. Though he did, you know, a, a few signings, if you will, uh, relatively speaking, uh, 37, there was so many acts inside of a bill that he signed that it, it probably equals hundreds of signings When if you were to take the stance of one bill at a time. But, you know, apparently that that's that's wrong nowadays. But, you know, whatever. Well, I'll direct your your attention to the latest Heroes Act, right? All the. Uh- yeah. Oh, All the yeah. acts that were in there. So, oh, geez, that was yeah. That's yeah, brutal, that man. Horrific. That's brutal. Yeah, that was All painful. Right. So, uh, not to be outdone, House Democrats are back. Right, they're they're back to uh, their old tricks. They say, get this right, they're preparing to impeach Trump again over Russian collusion. I kid you not. I kid you not. Uh, they're quietly moving forward with a renewed plan to impeach Trump using Robert Mueller's grand jury material related to the entirely debunked Russia collusion hoax. The committee's impeachment investigation, this is a quote from the House General Counsel Douglas letter. He wrote in a filing to the Supreme Court yesterday. He says, the committee's impeachment investigation related to obstruction of justice pertaining to the Russia investigation is ongoing. If this material reveals new evidence supporting the conclusion that President Trump committed impeachable offenses, the committee will proceed accordingly, including, if necessary, by considering rather to recommend new articles of impeachment. So, so um, here we go again. We're, we're going to go round two on this one. Let me get this straight. It's okay for them to bring up some bovine excrement level documents, the Steele dossier, as an example, uh, which was the foundation of the Russian. It was collusion. a complete piece of nonsense they took to the FISA courts yeah. to get to, to get the warrants to over get, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Now that is okay, but when we have actual evidence of criminal misdoings, right? That could lead to indictments of the previous president. That is a conspiracy theory. And that is wrong. You cannot do that. But the other one that has no evidence, no proof, and is proven to be false is okay to to dig up and and get FISA warrants and all kinds of stuff. This is absolutely ludicrous. Everything is about uh, deny and redirect. Deny, redirect. That's the game they're playing now. It's deny and redirect. And you know something? This is going to blow up in their faces. The American people are sick of this. They're, they're absolutely sick of this. So you're, you're going to go for another round of impeachment? You didn't have it the first time. What did we hear from Schiff the entire time that the, he was doing the Russia-Ukraine thing, which clearly, which you and I listened to a, <laughs> you and I listened to a phone call of uh, old Joe Biden, didn't mm-hmm. we, before all this? That's, I tell you what, we'll have yep. to get that cleaned up and we'll probably play it. Let's see if we can work on that one for tomorrow. We'll get that one cleaned okay. up and we'll, we'll play that. Well, you want to talk about collusion. We'll play you collusion tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, this with, with Trump, th- there's nothing here. What was it Schiff was saying? Schiff was saying we have undeniable proof. The proof's undeniable. I listened to a compilation the other day of all somebody put it together. It was on YouTube. All the times that Schiff was out on national networks 
on different networks like CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox News, all this stuff about uh, we have undeniable proof. We have uh, definite proof of collusion. The, the proof is there. It's there. We're going to get it. And nothing. Like It's nothing. The entire thing has been absolutely nothing. It's just a tactic. It's just where they're at because they're trying to save their own skin. The best defense is a good offense. And that's precisely what these people are doing. They have nothing. They know they have nothing. And they're allowed to continue this. And they're doing irrevocable damage to the country in the process. Go ahead. To nail that in home a little bit more, they went after Flynn and all of this, right? And the media... And, you know, the interviews that these these um, you know, like Schiff and, and Comey and them were doing, they were saying, oh, we, we've got evidence. It's all going to come out. We're, we're going to go out. You know, we've got proof. This is. But at the same time, they're being sworn in at Congress uh, and they're saying, no, we don't have anything. There's nothing. We don't even have anything for the warrants, the FISA court warrants. Like they were telling Congress there is absolutely nothing. This case is done. But yet they were going out to the media and telling the American people the complete opposite, that this is about to explode and there's so much information there. Are we okay with this? Is this is this fine? You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry, you're done. Like, now's the time to investigate you. Did you commit perjury in this? Are, what, what's the what's the level of criminal actions that were being taken here? You know, somebody needs to go to prison over this thing. And it's not Donald Trump. Or Michael Flynn. The whole thing's perjury, isn't it? Well, technically, because they were in front of the American people and they weren't under oath, they can legally lie to the American people, and it's fine. Hang on a minute. Legally. So you're you're ta- I'm talking about like the Senate hearings where you had them you had them up there for three days preaching their nonsense mm-hmm. and and all their BS mm-hmm. up there in front of the mm-hmm. cameras. When you had Chief mm-hmm. Justice John Roberts sitting at the head of it, you're telling me that they weren't under oath? Any of them? Not one. Did they say there that they had unequivocal proof? Like they they were. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they were saying. They had undeniable proof. Everything that they had in the Ukraine, it was a a rock solid case. It was nailed shut. All it was going to be at this point was clicking the handcuffs on. It, his, oh, his, oh, his, his time was over. Look at that. Look at that. That's, uh, that's what we call perjury. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, People go to prison I for just, that. You and I would go to prison for that. But oh, we would, are you kidding me? You know. We'd be thrown. We wouldn't even be. Forget that. I mean, if we wouldn't, mm-hmm. if we would just do mm-hmm. something as simple as not pay our taxes for a couple of years, they'd lock us in jail, throw away the key. We'd be called a terrorist and everything else you can imagine. But no, because what, you want more evidence of that. Look at AOC. She owes two thousand dollars in back taxes. For what? businesses she created years ago. Yeah. Back in 2016, I believe she created a uh, publishing. Uh, it was either publishing or like a, a bookstore or something, something to do with books. I don't remember exactly what it was. And uh, the business tanked and she didn't pay taxes. The, the the fines that she was. No, I think it was closed in 2016. She made it sooner. Anyway, whatever the case is, you can look it up. She's had a business. The business failed. 2016, the government repossessed the business, you know, closed it down, shut it down because she wasn't paying her taxes. She has, uh, at that time, it was like $1,700 and because of interest and all that cost, all that stuff. She now owes $2,000 that she has not paid. What's $2,000? The pay. shoes she wears, they're worth more than that. Exactly. And, and, she's, and she's out here preaching to us that we need to pay more in taxes and she's not paying her taxes. Side note. Well, Al Sharpton does that, right? Al Sharpton owes like, what was it, like four and a half million dollars? In back taxes? 
Like, seriously, I mean, you can look that up. He owes like four and a half million dollars in back taxes. And he was talking about how Warren Buffett's secretary pays more in taxes than what he does. Do you remember that line uh-huh. from a few years back? Yeah, most people forgot that one. Al Sharpton owes millions of dollars in taxes. And yet he he lobbies all day long and, and shouts all day long. On his program, I think it's Politics Nation, I think is the name of his program on MSNBC, unless it's changed. But he shouts all day long about taxes and how we need to restructure the taxes and we need to change this on the taxes. All the while, he owes four and a half million dollars in taxes. It's unbelievable. The hypocrisy of these people, the, the level, the level of, of degeneracy amongst the political class is unprecedented, unlike anything I've ever seen in American history. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, I like to make reference to the uh, the time of McCarthy, right? You've heard of McCarthy, right, Bruce? You know, the guy that was mm-hmm. uh, that was up there claiming ever, all these people were communists and, and everything. You know, the thing about McCarthy was he wasn't wrong. He was wrong for his time, but he wasn't wrong. He was correct in the people that he named. The thing about it was... I mean, these people, these actors and these directors and these writers and these these people that were called in before Congress to answer for uh, the the things that he was uh, accusing them of, they didn't admit it, but they didn't deny it either. And so McCarthy later, I mean, you, you look up, look up the Venona papers, right? Anybody can go and Google that or, or whatever you want. Look up the Venona papers. OK, what that is, that was a declassified document that we got in the early 90s from the Soviet Union of all the people in America that the Soviet Union, the Communist Party in the Soviet Union had on their take, carrying their agendas on their payroll, whatever it is. OK, the Venona papers. Anyone can look that up. And I, I encourage you to do so. It's very important because it shows just how easily these people can be co-opted and corrupted. And I tell you what, if you start looking, if you start digging on any of these people that are doing this impeachment stuff, I'll bet you, I'll just bet you that you would find something similar to what you'd find in the Venona papers on these people. What do you think? <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we kind of seen inklings of it with uh, Biden. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about Biden tomorrow. Uh, we're going to play some audio here that was just released of a phone call between Joe Biden and a foreign prime minister. That's all I'm going to say on it. So we're going to play it tomorrow. So we're going to clean it up. We're going to get it set just right. And we're not going to doctor it up. We're, we're just going to make sure that we get the most important point because it's a really long clip. It's like a 30 minute clip. But we're going to take the points that are prevalent to what we're going to reference that everybody's heard up to this point. And we're going to show you, you talk about collusion. We're going to show you collusion. We're going to show you the true colluder and colluders. Uh, Oh, do you want to talk about how COVID-19 data is being shared with law enforcement? I mean, we can. So what, what do you have on it? It's, it's interesting because I think they're going to be given access to all that information. So the tracking data. So what do you have? More than 11 million people have been tested in the U.S. for COVID-19 so far. Okay. Probably a little bit higher than that, but yeah, two thirds of that information has been given out to first responders. Now, at the same time, they're also saying this is private medical information and it would remain protected and undisclosed. Yet two thirds of that has been, has been exposed to law enforcement, including patients' names and, and all of that. And this is in at least 10 states. So are, are we concerned by this at all? Are, are we concerned that um, the government's creating lists and keeping track of people? I mean, well, we kind of we kind of figured that was going to when it comes to the government. Yeah, we kind of figured that was going to start with the contact tracers, right? Yes, that They're was still hiring. Yeah, us. which I mean, okay, on its surface, 
contact tracing is like, you know, you, you, you're sick with something, you know, a communicable disease, you know, HIV, AIDS or something. They did this back in the day. They talk to you, who you're in contact with, so on and so forth, and then make a list and then have those people tested like, hey, you may have AIDS or HIV or, you know, whatever, or in this case, COVID-19. And, you know, on the surface, it sounds good. But the problem I have with it is COVID-19 is more or less the flu. And yeah, yeah, more dangerous than the flu, more communicable, blah, 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 whatever. It's just like the flu. And they're going to do contact tracing over the flu, take your personal information, your private information, your medical information, and just share it willy-nilly to law enforcement and uh, EMTs, fire department, all that. I, I get that fire department, our first responders need to be protected and ensured that they're not going to get infected themselves. However, you can take procedures right off the bat to protect yourselves without when you go into an unknown situation. It's just, uh, we start going down these roads and start doing this kind of stuff. You're you're inching closer and closer to a police state. You know, I'm going to go another way with this. I, I see what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you here, but we wouldn't be in this situation if we had a healthy populace, would we? We, we really wouldn't. Mm. We're, I disagree, we're seeing, yeah. go ahead. You disagree? Okay, well, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Which, okay, if it's the flu, right, even if you're a healthy as a, as a well, to use a, a saying, if you're as healthy as a horse, that's still not a guarantee that you're going to be protected. So my point is, is that we're hearing all this talk. I've been saying this from the start of this thing, that we're hearing all this talk about vaccines, drugs, vaccines, drugs, wait for this, drug to treat this, vaccine's going to fix this, blah, 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 right? That's what we're hearing. Where's the talk from any of these experts about boosting your immune system, eating properly, taking the right supplements if you need to. Where's the talk? I'm not hearing any of that talk. I haven't heard that up to this point. Where is that? Where is it? It's criminal that they're not talking about this. We'll talk all day about this drug or or that drug or zinc or azithromycin or hydroxychloroquine or remdesivir or a vaccine from this company or they're doing trials for this company for this vaccine. But there's no talk about what fruits you need to be eating, what vegetables you need to be eating, what grains you need to be eating, what meats you need to be eating. None of this. What trace minerals you need in order to maintain a healthy immune system? What levels of zinc do you need on a daily basis? How much magnesium do you need? How much vitamin C do you need? How much vitamin A? How much vitamin E? Vitamin K? Vitamin D? None of this is being mentioned. It's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. And so now we're in a position where we've got an unhealthy populace, which I mean, there's a lot that can be equated into that, right? It's not just one thing. So there's a lot that falls into that. And I get it. I get it. So we've got a major problem when it comes to health, food choices, and the insurance industry, right? And this is, I mean, this is why a lot of the costs are out of control. And this is why, I mean, it's a, it's a process, right? It's a butterfly effect. So there's a lot of things that that need to be looked at if we're going to improve the health of the country. None of this it gets talked about by the WHO. This is why I say it's another example of how they're a useless organization. Where are they on healthy food for a country, right? Not just the United States, but any country. Where are they on a, on a healthy food program for a country, right? Hippocrates, Hippocrates. This is where we get the, the term the Hippocratic Oath. He even said, let thy food be thy medicine. He knew that food had nutritional properties to help you develop a good, healthy, robust body and immune system to be able to fight off infectious diseases, even back then. So now it's just vaccines and drugs, vaccines and drugs. They think you can live off of vaccines and drugs. This is what we've been pushed into. And so there needs to be a shift. There, there has to be a shift in all this. And it has to be a shift towards more healthy food 
more affordable food, good medical care, good vitamins, good supplements. And there needs to be less talk about drugs and vaccines. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, right? I, I believe in the science of it. But the fact is, is that these things are being pushed. They're being rushed. They're dangerous. And I don't like the people behind them. I don't like Bill Gates. I don't like Anthony Fauci. I don't like Dr. Burks. These people are scum. I don't like the WHO. I don't want to hear anything those people have to say. I have no interest in listening to those people. So we need to make some changes as a nation, as a world, to get ourselves on a better track. Your closing thoughts? Even if you have a healthy lifestyle, healthy diet, all that, you still are at risk of getting sick. Okay. It, 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 there's also a level of genetics and that sort of thing. So your recovery time and you know immunoresponse is, is affected by how healthy you are and whatnot, which is partly why COVID-19 is, is more dangerous for people that are overweight and that sort of thing, because you already have underlying health conditions, which, you know, your weight can, weight is, there's an element of it that's genetic, but it's also your diet, right? Or the amount of exercise you get, so on and so forth. So I agree with you that there is a level of it that is based on diet, exercise, that sort of thing. But there's also a, you know, genetics and all that that come into it. So in closing, I don't really think the government, it's the government's job to tell you that you should be taking this medication or this, or not medication, but these vitamins or this supplement or whatever. It's not the job of the government to do that. It's the job of the government to pass regulations or laws encouraging medical professionals to research that stuff and present the information to the people. Same thing with the vaccines, same with, same thing with the the information about the the COVID-19 and and any other disease that may come up. It's not the government's job to tell me about it. It's the job of the health health professionals. So, uh, I'm in the a situation of neither. Uh, you shouldn't be telling me about what I should eat. You shouldn't be telling me about COVID-19 or any of those kind of things. It should be medical professionals. I should be able to make the decisions on my own based on the information that the medical professionals find in their research. That's my take on it. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I like that take actually better because then you get to decide. So I would rather hear a suggestion out of them rather than an order, as you put it yesterday. I like that. You know, let people decide what they want, what's going to be best for them. As I said, everybody's physiological makeup is different. So obviously not everything's going to work for everybody else. So, I mean, it's not going to, it's not a one size fits all here. So naturally, yes, people would have to make their own choices. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Anything else you wanted to talk about today? Not really. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just in passing mention, I'll, I'll mention this, it kind of ties in with the data sharing and spying on us and uh, track and trace. Um, we're also seeing the government buy up more riot gear. Just kind of want to mention that in passing. Uh, they're gearing up for a possible second lockdown, if you will, and the people's response to that. We shall see. Let's um, mm -hmm. let's talk about that tomorrow. I mean, I don't know how much more information is on that. Other oh, than I thought you had a, right you had a thing on it. I do, but that's basically all it says is they just add numbers to the amount they're buying. They're buying quantities. There's not really a, a much more to go into it on, on that, really. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that'll be used in the states that refuse to open. We'll see. Okay. I think that's all we had today, right? You good? Yep. I'm good. Yep. Okay. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. I appreciate it. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 